like to say good morning to everyone. And as we clap, I clapped along with you because we're giving glory to God for this church, uh, for the guiding of the Holy Spirit, for uh, me to come here, the prompting of the Holy Spirit to uh, have the staff to uh, make me a part of this church. So, that being said, good morning, family. I'm looking for brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm looking for a good spiritual mother and father in Christ, about 80 years old. I need a spiritual mother and a spiritual father as well. And I say this in the memory of my mom and dad who've both gone on to be with the Lord. But I'm just not coming here as some type of position. I'm coming here to be a teaching pastor, to be your brother in Christ. We're family. So good morning, family. And in families, you have ups and you have downs, but you are family. And speaking of family, I just want to thank the Lord for my, my family, my, my daughter and my wife, Angie and Amelia. They don't like me to put them on the spot, but I thank the Lord for my, my girls. They keep me in line. But without any further ado, we thank the Lord for this day. And I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed kicking off in the book of Mark. Has it been good for you, the, the past sermons last week and, and within your small group study as well? And today we'll be continuing, uh, picking up with Mark, the first chapter, uh, verses 12 and 13, and then we'll go over into uh, Matthew, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 11, that gives the in-depth detail of the temptation of Jesus. Let us bow our heads. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to preach and teach your word. And now, Lord, let our focus be upon you. Lord, guide my words by your Holy Spirit. Cause me not to speak from my flesh. Cause it to be a direct and pure and simple word that the youngest to the oldest can understand. Lord, we just give you honor, praise, and glory. I ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. As we start out here looking at our message here today. And if we would, please go to Mark, the first chapter, looking at verses 12 and 13. And we're picking up here after last week, learning um, that the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, had been proclaimed as the Son of God by the voice of God from heaven. 
And now we pick up here and immediately we see in Mark 1 and 12, immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness. And I'm teaching today from the New King James Version. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan and was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered to him. Don't forget about those angels and we'll pick up with them toward the latter part of our, our sermon, but don't forget about those angels. And we see here as we begin our sermon in this introduction that Jesus is now taken up by the Spirit to be tempted, tempted by Satan. He was being prepared by God. We keep in mind the divinity and the humanity of Jesus. He was fully God and fully man. The temptation of Jesus illustrates how important it is to trust and be steadfast in God through our faith and his word and to be empowered through the spirit. Jesus trusted his father. He had faith in God. He had faith in the father. And we learn throughout this that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our faith is important. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Now we see this word temptation and we see as we define it that temptation is a desire to do something wrong or unwise and to tempt is to entice or lure to do something wrong or immoral. Satan wanted to tempt Jesus. He wanted him to do something wrong in direct opposition of God. He wanted him to do something unwise as we begin to unfold the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. If we will, let's go to now Matthew, the fourth chapter. Matthew, the fourth chapter. And we're going through verses 1 through 11. And just picking up here once again, we see that Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And we see that it had been 40 days and 40 nights and now he was in a weakened state. He was hungry. He was tired. He was amongst the wild beasts, it said there in Mark. And I thought about those wild beasts, the sounds, the sights that he saw as he was brought into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. Did fear come upon him? 
And we learn from God's word that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We have to keep in mind that Jesus was now being prepared to embark on the journey to save mankind, to carry out the will of the Father, but he had to be prepared. So we see here that he was in the wilderness, he was hungry. Forty days? Man, I didn't eat this morning on purpose. I fasted before, but just this morning, I said I wouldn't eat. It's probably been about four hours. I'm starving. (laughs) You go four days, hey, it's a little tough. But just to go without a meal for a few hours, we've been living this life of comfort. Man, it's tough. We feel some slight physical pain. Man, just magnify that. And look at it as 40 days and 40 nights. So we see the the predicament, the condition that Jesus was in. And then that's when Satan came at him. And within that, we see challenges within this temptation. Jesus was now in a weakened state. And even for you and I, a lot of times... In a weakened state, Satan comes at us. It said the tempter came to him and he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. And we see the first challenge issued by Satan within the temptation of Christ. He challenged the identity of Christ. He said, if you are the son of God, keep in mind that the voice from heaven had just previously before proclaimed him as the son, that God was well pleased in him. God had sent him to the earth. God incarnate was now walking the earth. And here comes Satan saying, if you are the son of God, just like he challenges you and I. Do we know our identity in Christ? Are we truly a child of God? He'll challenge you. He'll try to mess with your mind. And we have to transform ourselves by the renewing of our minds and come out and be separate from this world that we live in. But Satan challenged his identity, his value, his validity. But he answered, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word of God is our truth. God is not a man that he should lie. Jesus knew who he was. He knew his value, that he was the son of God. 
that he would hang upon the cross and shed his blood for the remission, the forgiveness of our sins. He challenged his identity once again in verse 5. As we see then, the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him once again, if Satan will do that to us, he'll just keep trying to approach you and say, if you are a child of God. But he said once again, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Satan was trying to use the word of God against him. He was misconstruing God's word. Once again, he was challenging. In this challenge, he was challenging the authority authority of God's word, the finality of God's word. He wanted Jesus to think for himself. And see, that's what it's all about. This preparation, preparation of Jesus in the humanity was to get him to understand that he had to lose self. And then the word of God Jesus urges us to lose ourselves. Luke 9 and 23, it reads, he said, deny yourselves, pick up your cross and follow me daily. God's word, the authority of God's word, the finality of God's word is that we must deny ourselves. Jesus, in the midst of the temptation in the wilderness, was denying himself, the flesh, the desires. It's all about the desires of our flesh. The desires of our flesh is the lust of our flesh. We see here now that Jesus said to him once again, his constant rebuttal to Satan was, it is written. And that's our constant rebuttal, is that we are child, we are children of God, and that it is written. Jesus told him, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. He couldn't fool Jesus. Jesus knew he wanted to kill him. That was his purpose. That's what Satan wanted to do. He wanted to take him out before the onset of this great ministry of Jesus Christ in which he would proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Satan didn't want to see that happen. So he was challenging him with these temptations. He challenged his identity. He challenged the authority and finality of God's word. And now we see he took him on deeper 
in the temptations. He just keeps taking him in these levels of temptation. Verse 8, it says, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Once again, tempting him with all these things, with fame, everything that he could see, everything that he could imagine. He was tempting the desire of the flesh. But it's good to know that we have a savior. We have a high priest that can feel all of our desires and temptations because he already has been through it. Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the 15th verse says, in all points, he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was sinless upon the earth. But he that knew no sin became sin for all of us when he hung upon the cross and shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. You see, Satan wanted him to have ambition. He wanted him to em embrace himself, him, his desires. And that's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to have that worldly ambition. We can have it all in the world that we could see. The fame, the recognition, to be recognized by man. It's a natural desire of the flesh. We have to always monitor our desires. What do we, why do we do the things that we do? Even in our worship, when we are worshiping him, we have to worship him in spirit and in truth. Because in the midst of your worship, sometimes you will feel the Holy Spirit that's a great feeling. It's a grand experience of sometime in your study seeking the Lord. But are we seeking God to deepen our relationship or are we after a feeling? It's all about our will, the will of man being consumed with the spirit of God we are the children of God when we are led by the Spirit of God. So even when I don't have that feeling, I still know I'm a child of God. My will causes me to seek him and to pray unto the Father. Fall down and worship me. He was now in our third challenge he was challenging his worship. The Lord would have us to worship him in spirit and in truth. We see in John, the fourth chapter. He said, now is the time that he was seeking those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. Now is the time that the Lord is seeking 
us. He's seeking those now who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Man, Jesus was going through it in this temptation in the wilderness. He was hungry, he was tired, and that was Satan just right there in his face. Come on, let's go here. Let's go there. Let's go here. Trying to take him deeper into temptation. Have you ever experienced those type of periods in your life when Satan just comes beside you? He just tries to get to you in this temptation, that temptation. Trying to get you to embrace your flesh. To embrace your fleshly desires and and thoughts. I'm so glad that Jesus died for me. And that I have a savior that I can call on. That you have a savior that you can call on. We can go to God's word and know the authority and the finality of God's word. Because it says there in Romans, the the 15th chapter, that all those things that were written before were for our learning. The, The patience and the comfort of the scriptures so that we might have hope. And it goes on to say that he's the God of patience and comfort. He's our God of patience. When we want to do right sometimes, but you're still kind of leaning this way or that way in your thoughts, maybe in your mind, he's patient with you. And he'll comfort you and let you know that you have a savior that you can talk with. That you have a savior who will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm so glad that he went through the temptation in the wilderness. Because I know now that when I walk in the spirit, when I abide in him and he abides in me, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do it. You can do it. We can do it. It's a refining process. The temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. He said, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. How are we worshiping the Lord? Is it just on Sunday? What about at home? What about when you're out in the mall in the public? Do all things unto the glory of God. When you're walking alone, out in this community, on your job, you can worship the Lord. Giving him honor and praise within your mind, within your spirit. Worship the Lord at all times. Then Jesus said to him, once again, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. 
See, it boils down to resisting the devil. James 4 and 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Jesus put up a fight. In the spiritual, he resisted Satan. Have you ever resisted Satan? Think about those encounters that you had with him. And you see the truth of this scripture. When you called on the Lord, when you recall those scriptures to your mind and you fought against Satan and you overcame and then he left. That's the word of God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Put up a fight. Maybe this past week or in the past you you haven't been putting up a fight. Stand firm and fight. Be like an old tree planted by the water. It brings to mind when I grew up on a farm here in Mount Juliet over on Logue Road. We had property back in the woods and that was a big creek. And I can remember those big old trees that the roots were exposed by the bank. And those roots went down deep like an old tree planted by the water. Some of those old trees were leaning just a little bit, but those roots were still running deep. Stand firm on the word of God. As we come to the conclusion of our message, We see that he resisted the devil and the devil went away. Then the devil left him, it says in verse 11, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Somebody here today, you've been going through some things. Satan has been after you challenging you in different temptations. You may feel like you're just at your wit's end and you just want to throw in the towel, but you're here today. And you got to know that the angels are coming. If you'll just hang in there, stand on God's word, tell Satan it is written that he shall never leave me nor forsake me. Then when Satan leaves away from you, the angels will come and minister unto you just like they did with Jesus. Give you comfort. Give you peace. Give you a sound mind and have your mind stayed on Jesus. So as we close this message, we see that the beloved son of God had experienced extreme joy and now extreme suffering and even more suffering when he would be stretched wide upon the cross. He gave all of us an example that in life there is a cycle of joy and pain. They were yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, 
when he came into town. Then those same ones are the ones who spat upon him and mocked him and cheered as he was crucified. Joy and pain. But remember that cycle keeps going. Because there was a time in his sorrow that he said, it is finished. But now there is joy because he rose with all power in heaven and earth in his hand and he ascended into the heavens and now he sits on the right hand of the father interceding for you and for me. This is a time of joy right here and right now. Realizing that he sits on the right hand of the Father right now. For the believers in Christ Jesus right now. You have an intercessor. All you got to do is call on him. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. And during this time, his journey on earth going through joy and pain. Jesus gave the disciples an insight into living life which applies to us. An example of the joy and pain, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We have to learn from Jesus. We have to learn from his temptation, his sufferings, his teachings. He said, learn from me for I am meek and lowly in heart. And I shall give rest unto your souls. That's how we get rest. Sometimes when our souls get in an uproar, all we have to do is learn from Jesus. Learn from him. Learn from his word and his way because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Just step forward and let him fully yoke you and be committed unto the Lord and be able to proclaim for God I live and for God I die knowing that one day I'll be absent from the body and present with the Lord.